Before we start this podcast today, we'd just like to pay our respects and acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, to their elders past and present, on the lands of which we are recording our Bitchfest podcast today. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bitch Fights by Chase. We got new microphones today, so we feeling so musical. We're back. Today we are doing part two of our influencer chat. Yeah, we got a lot of positive responses in terms of what we talked about last week. And there was also just a lot of discussion in the media in general about influencer culture last week, especially what we were covering around misinformation. I just wanted to do a little update as to what sort of occurred in the space over the past week and since we've recorded, because there's actually been a few things that I've found pretty interesting and also related so much to what we spoke about. The first one, we didn't actually speak about Goop last week, which I think is actually such a huge issue within this topic around misinformation and influencers abusing their power. So if you don't know, Goop is a website and a company that's run primarily by Gwyneth Paltrow. It's worth over $250 million. So huge amounts of wealth that have been generated from this platform. And they came out last week and have announced the launch of a new product, which is a supplement pill to, air quotes, help female libido. And it's (laughs) called DTF, down to fuck. However, the problems with this is there has been absolutely no scientific research backing in any way for this product. I Googled it. Costs US $55 for a bottle. What do you guys think? I have a few things to say. First of all, apparently Gwyneth Paltrow decided to name it Goop because in her mind, everything that has a double O is considered successful. It's like, a, like how what? weird is that? So she was like, because her name, so G and P is for Gwyneth Paltrow and she decided to add a double O because in her mind, Google and Yahoo and... <laughs> <laughs> websites with two o's in it are successful so that's a little fun fact i also think just with regards to this vitamin situation as someone who like has a weird fucking obsession for vitamins people have been making these types of fucking libido vitamins for years this is not a game changer it's just that she's obviously marketed the shit out of it and Goop gets enough media attention as is. Like, I had a fucking Netflix show. Like, what? Yeah, that's it. That's the thing, I guess, with vitamins and all of that stuff is a lot of it just comes down to, like, people just doing Googling and just being like, oh, what herbs are supposed to help me with this? And what helps? What herbs are supposed to help me with that? When in reality, I think when it comes to, like, Western medicine and Eastern medicine, I think there needs to be a balance. I don't think you can solely rely on a vitamin pill to solve all your issues. And people like Gwyneth Paltrow definitely, I guess, prey on people who aren't aware of that or aren't 
able to see that there's no such thing as like a one pill miracle, you know? I think that she knows that the majority of her audience and the people that follow her and follow Goop are vulnerable middle-aged women who naturally at that age are losing their libidos and she's tapping into that insecurity and saying, hey, here's this pill and you can buy this and you'll be fine, evil. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's an interesting thing because I think with our topic last week, what we were talking really about, I guess, the younger influencers and how they can affect the younger market. But obviously there's a whole other industry for middle-aged influencers. Oh, like the thing that shits me is like when celebrities like go out and promote like fucking wrinkle creams, it's like, come on. It's called Botox. Like literally there's no such thing as a cream that's going to solve all your problems. I mean, I think what we can take from this is that you should be seeking medical advice before you go externally to these companies to try and solve your problems. Uh, Yeah. I found um, information. So Pete Evans made a documentary about a magic pill, which is supposed to cure literally everything anything you want cured but Netflix pulled it and didn't end up publishing it because it has so much false information but I have another friend who watched I don't know what she watched but she was telling me about this documentary that told her basically that you can cure anything from herbal remedies she was telling me that you can cure this woman cured stage four cancer by taking herbal remedies and I just was sitting there like dying Mm -hmm. inside Mm -hmm. and it's so horrible because she completely believed it and was like I'm going fully like natural medicine now like I can cure anything that like really shits me as someone who has had uh, a parent who has had cancer who went who had leukemia blood cancer and you know had to go through chemotherapy was very ill thought we were gonna he was gonna die luckily came back around people who claim that you can cure cancer via a diet or via a pill or whatever like that is just so inconsiderate of the people that have had to go through these experiences and there was actually an influencer a while back, I remember my mum was telling me about it, this woman who pretended to have cancer um, and had a platform. She was really popular on Instagram and to promote her, her diet books, she pretended that she'd had cancer and um, had cured it through her own diet. Yeah, so the girl that Estelle's referring to is called Belle Gibson. She has been convicted as a sort of scammer and pseudoscience advocate. She had a mobile phone app that was called The Whole Pantry, which I think was then also turned into a book where she basically claimed that she'd cured her own cancer by eating chicken soup. And in the end, it was all revealed that she'd never actually had cancer. Which is the most fucked up thing because imagine all the actual followers 
that followed her that did have cancer that were looking to her diet and her and her what she was promoting as as an answer and instead and didn't go out and seek proper treatment if my dad hadn't gone and seek seek that proper treatment he would have died you know if it weren't yeah. for the nurses and the hospital that literally gave him round the clock care, he that's wouldn't be here. But that's a big thing as well. I've seen a lot of things about young, there was this young boy who had cancer who did decided not to go out and get treatment and died as well. Oh, my and God. The problems here are on multiple levels because obviously if you don't have the cancer, then you shouldn't you shouldn't be promoting ways that you fixed it. Also, even if she did have cancer and ate some soup and then got better, there is no science to back that up. So you shouldn't be promoting things that don't work because you're then telling people that, oh, I claim to have done this and therefore I cured my cancer. And you're saying that it's this causal effect when it's actually, that's not how science works. So then someone buys the book and then goes, oh, I'll do it in the same way. The responsibility, of course, is on the person who's writing the book, but also on the publishers as well. If you're publishing someone's book where they're claiming these huge things to cure cancer, you need to take some responsibility and maybe do some background checks and get a scientist on board I'm sure they got sued or something. There must be some thing that happened. Yeah, I think there's a difference between talking about what's helped you and what's helped your process and actually going out and claiming to have cured something, to have cured an ailment. If there was a cure for cancer by now, hopefully the world would know about it, you know? Everyone would know about it. But mine point is of course bell gibson's obviously there's i think like they figured out that she had some mental health issues like obviously compulsive liar and was doing all these sorts of things however obviously like that's an evil thing to do but i also think i'm not saying these people are evil but people who are promoting things of misinformation about their own experience that are not backed up by scientific facts is also really harmful because it's not, it like you can, sure, you can say things like, oh, this made me feel better. But if you are going out there and saying, which is the same thing that Amy was talking about, about like this magic pill and people like claiming, oh, it made me feel better. There's no scientific facts to back that up. So you're then spreading misinformation of, oh, if you do this one thing, then it'll cure cancer. It's just so mm. problematic. Like the yeah. people who spread information like that should not be given these huge platforms by media companies, by like publishing agents. It just should not happen. So what about in relation to at the moment, the kind of battle between influencers about anti-vax or get vaccinated and spreading all of that information? What do you guys think about that? I think it's just like, personally, I just think it's so interesting that people who were kind of just influencers sharing a discount on whatever, like whatever they're promoting before. Now it's become this whole thing of like, they've taken it upon themselves to inform people. 
Yeah, it's so strange. And this is, yeah, ties into this misinformation topic of people now turning to these influences that they previously looked to for like fashion tips or workouts for whether or not they should get vaccinated. If you're thinking about whether or not you should get vaccinated, you should listen to the health professionals, not some girl who lives on Bondi Beach and specialises in promoting beauty products. That's fine. That, she can do that, but she's not a scientist. With that being said, though, if, if this is where people are going to choose to get their information from, I'd prefer that influencers were promoting people getting vaccinated than not. Well, I only had what I only followed one person who I came out as openly anti-vax and she was like again another influencer from Byron and this was really early on like this was like last year or something that she like when before the riots started happening where all the protests were beginning in Byron she was like rallying those those protests like we're gonna go and rally um against the vaccinations come down to the beach at Byron fuck off gone in the bin is it Sally Mustang yeah Sally Mustang can I just can we do a reading of that post because I just found it so funny has she deleted that post it's her and this got it got it I found it okay I won't read the whole thing because it's so long, but it's kind of funny. So it's her in a sort of head headpiece. Then the caption is, our freedom is not a joke. To anyone that is handy. She's in a headpiece. Shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. Okay. Take the headpiece off. Fuck off. Sorry. Our freedom is not a joke. To anyone that is handing it over blindly, please stop. Educate yourself. Come home to your intuition. Make up your own beliefs and options and do not falter. Be ready to admit you may have been wrong or made mistakes. Be kind. Don't judge one another. This is my favourite bit. Remember, science is just a theory, just like magic. (laughs) I'm going to stop there. It continues where she tells people to do physical health, look at their herbs, breathing exercises and organic food. It goes on. The most liked comment just says, science is not a theory. It's a shame because I agree that there's a lot of things that can help people be more healthy, but they are not the answer. You still need to trust science, you know, like it's about having a healthy balance between everything, having a, you know, a healthy balanced lifestyle. You can't rely purely on one thing because then you just become like fundamentalists, you know? Another person who I think is super problematic within this space is Joe Rogan. He has the biggest podcast. Joe Rogan. He has the biggest podcast platform in the world and when he got COVID he was just like I'm not getting the vaccine I'm just going to eat really healthy and train really well there is so many men that just exude this energy of I'm really fit and healthy therefore the vaccine isn't for me and therefore COVID can't touch me no no Joe Rogan in himself is someone that promotes a lot of negative things. 
and with such a big platform, he's like this very entitled white man who preaches to his all-male platform. And you know what the worst part is, is that like these people very much encourage free thinking, but they're very, they're almost like cult leaders in a way, you know? Same with Russell Brand. He's a cult. Like I, I used to love Russell Brand. This dude is so intelligent. And he is, he's very intelligent, but sometimes you listen to them and you kind of, you kind of understand that a lot of these men just love hearing the sound of their own voice more than they do promoting positive and informative things to the public. One of his um, videos yesterday about Australia and he, he was basically like, I'm going to explain to all of you what's happening in Australia right now. And then kind of repeated a couple of things he'd seen online of like, Australia's in lockdown like they're not allowed to leave their houses like and just like most of it yeah but he like didn't know what the fuck he was talking about because he'd just literally seen other stuff online hadn't like watched the actual Australian news or anything just seen people being like Australians aren't allowed to leave their house and like this is really bad for them and then just repeated it and then ended it when he like actually had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah. And he literally has a platform called The Trues, which is supposed to stand for The True News, where he gives like realistic perspectives on news and what's going on in the world. But like you said, he's obviously just regurgitated stuff that hasn't come from an original source. I think something, I think it's good that we address all this sort of anti-vaxxer stuff because as New South Wales opens up and then Victoria follows, this stuff, I guess, is going to come up more and more. However, it's also important to remember that the predictions are that New South Wales is going to hit 90% by early December. So I think it's easy to get swept up in this idea that so many people are anti-vaxxers when in reality a lot, the majority of Australians are getting vaccinated and that's a really high rate in terms of other countries around the world. So, yeah, it's important to remember that these people are really in the minority and even though social media can sometimes make it seem like it's a sort of us versus them dichotomy, it's actually not. We've spoken a lot in this episode and the past episode about the responsibilities that influencers carry in terms of brand deals. But Estelle, I know you wanted to speak a little bit about YouTubers that film their families a lot and sort of make profits off their kids' content. Yeah, I think anyone that films their kids or tries to make profit off their kids, like through that stuff, like movie industries and TV industries where kids are working on set. There are laws and regulations put in place to protect these kids, right? But with things like family influences, there are no laws and regulations for things. So if you're making a profit off documenting your kid's life and you're making them always be on, always look and act a certain way, I think that's so problematic. Like there should be rules on YouTube to like fucking ban family influences. Yeah, it's so weird. I used to work in childcare and we would do a lot of classes on child psychology and stuff like that. 
And one thing that is coming out now is that if you're, if you're a child and your parent is giving more attention to their phone and their device while you're doing all this stuff, like your first walk or like you're crying or whatever, you don't feel your parent looking at you as that kid. Your parent is looking at you through a phone and that's really psychologically dam- damaging because they don't feel like they're loved and it's really problematic just in that sense as well. It's also, I think, with a lot of these YouTubers that I watch, when they film their kids, I just think, what is this kid going to do when they get older? And every single fragment of their life is all over the internet. I think there'll be a huge amount of lawsuits that go down as this younger YouTube generation grows up. Because there was even, I don't know if you guys saw this, the baby from the Nirvana album what I'm talking about (laughs) he recently got into a lawsuit which I think he lost against his parents for allowing them to take that photo of him and that's a whole different thing but I feel like that's a 90s version of what is going to then happen as all these kids grow up because imagine going to high school with your blonde influencer mum dropping you off and everyone at school has seen the first time you've walked the first time you shut yourself I don't know like that yeah that would be a huge thing of these kids and their rights coming out I reckon yeah I reckon YouTube is gonna crack down on it because there's been there's been a few there was like a couple of years ago like a family that got their kids actually taken off them because you could just tell that the kids were distressed in the videos oh it was a it was a family channel and the parents would play pranks on the kids and the kids would actually get so distressed that they ended up having their kids taken off them. It's so irresponsible. Like if, if you need to make a career by profiting off your kids, then I think that really says something about you, like as a person with your own work ethic, like allow your child to be a child. Yeah. But it happens a lot, you know, all the people's who end up like Bella Thorne, who's ended up doing Disney because her parents made her because they didn't have enough money. Next generation of the child star is like the parents start so early. Because I always think that when I look at these YouTube videos, I'm like, what are these kids going to do when they grow up? Because imagine how weird it would be if you've been filmed every second of the day until however old it is that you have your own autonomy. And then suddenly you're 18 and you're never on the internet again. And you just choose not to show yourself or do you yourself become a YouTuber as well because the platform's already there for you. It's so, such a strange concept. It's almost like parents who like force their kids to go into a family business, like force their kids to go to a certain college. Like, it's like, son, when you grow up, you're going to be a YouTube influencer as well. (laughs) You're not taking over the deli. You're simply taking over my 20 million subscriber YouTube channel. It's just fucked. It's like, because that is a completely different, not only are you removing their autonomy to make their own choices, you're removing their privacy from the world. Also just thinking about their future career, like say if they wanted to be a public figure in the government or a teacher or a lawyer or something, firstly, when you apply for jobs, people are going to Google you and those videos are going to come up and then, if you're a public figure or a teacher, 
everyone else is going to Google you and all of these videos are going to come up that you never gave permission to be posted. It just would be so fucking terrifying just knowing that that's all out there. It's going to affect the jobs they get and their career choices. So Yeah, I agree with you. It should just be illegal. Don't post children. I wanted to talk about Asina O'Neill. Yeah, Asina O'Neill kind of fits into that idea about privacy and where where are you now, Asina O'Neill? We miss you. Come back. Where are you now when I need you? Yeah, Asina O'Neill, like the the story behind Asina O'Neill, I remember when all of that shit hit the fan because I remember I followed her in the early days pre her big anti-social media mind shift, which I think was iconic. But people weren't ready to hear it. But yeah, if anyone doesn't know who Asina O'Neill is, she was an influencer who got her start around 2014, built built a big following off uh, around healthy eating and being skinny and good looking and blah, 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 and kind of fell into the influencer realm. And then a few years later, kind of had a bit of a change of heart and decided that she didn't like what she was promoting to people, that it was damaging. She was promoting unhealthy products skinny me tea, all of that jazz. Um, And she went to LA to work with people and she didn't like the attitude of people. She found it a really fake environment. And so she basically took it upon herself to try and I guess share that with everyone, share the fakeness of what it actually is to be an influencer. And she just copped so much heat for it to the point where she just disappeared. She took her life offline and she hasn't been back since. People want an image. People want something to aspire to. A lot of people don't want to hear the truth or the fact that what they're being sold is a lie. I think it sort of relates to she was one of these original people who sort of like shattered the fourth wall in a way of what an influencer's purpose actually is. I think we can all now sit here and critically think for ourselves and look at Instagram and be like, oh, well, this is literally just a marketing ploy to get me to buy something. But back in the day of Asina O'Neill, it was very much when Instagram was just sort of taking off and this whole idea of influencers was really booming. It was really early on when we were in high school, I remember. And so while we can look at her story now and just think, well, uh, duh, of course, her life wasn't real. I think at the time it was pretty huge Mm. and it's sort of important in terms of thinking about the whole, the rise of the influencer and stuff like that. The rise and the fall. Where you at, Asina? Where, where you at? Where you at, bitch? <laughs> but then I reminded myself very clearly why I'm doing this. Taking myself off social media is a wake-up call to anyone and everyone who follows me. I was surrounded by all this wealth and all this fame and all this power, and yet they were all miserable. And I had never been more miserable. I'm the girl that had it all. And I want to tell you that having it all on social media means absolutely nothing to your real life. Yeah, so just to wrap up, I think that's all we're going to talk about for now about influencers. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bitch Fest. We'll be talking about different topics next week. So please tune in. And if you want to contribute to the conversation, Don't forget that you can rate and write a review for our podcast on Apple Podcasts or alternatively chuck us a DM on Instagram or check out our contact page. All of this stuff will be linked in the notes. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
Bye.